You're listening to the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Vakula, here to help you travel the world at next to no cost with credit card points, miles, benefits, and rewards. Make money, save money, and take advantage of great deals. Thanks for joining me for today's episode with special guest, Ben Komenkel of Ben's Big Deal. Ben discovered his love of travel in 1999 when he learned he could access an airline lounge with a simple credit card. He was featured on Inside Edition, NerdWallet, and The Points Guy for his credit card and travel expertise. Ben has been a professional teacher for over 20 years and hosts monthly Zoom meetings featuring Miles and Points insiders. He is the founder of Ben's Big Deal Facebook and Instagram community, where he curates flash sales for international travel. Ben regularly travels with his family of four, redeeming more than 1 million points and miles every year. On with today's episode. All right, welcome to the show, Ben Coming Cole from Ben's Big Deal. Thank you for having me, Justin. We met at Zorkfest 2023 in Lake Tahoe. We used celebration dinners. We had some Mexican food. We chatted between sessions. And now we're here to continue chatting. That's awesome. Yes, it was a great time at Zorkfest. I highly encourage everyone next year to come out and join us in Vegas. Zorkfest 2024, November in Las Vegas. So for those of you with the fine hotels and resorts credits and My Vegas free nights and many other resources, I think Vegas is a great accessible destination for Miles and Points fans. Absolutely. I totally think that um, if you've gone once now, then you realize how great it is to be able to meet people, not only in uh, the casino loyalty part, but also that intersection between points and miles as well. It's such a great uh, uh, situation where we could be able to have both communities there together. And how did you get involved with Zorkfest? So I've known, uh, I used to run a Facebook uh, points and miles group for many years. And I met Michael through that fashion. I run also now a hotel masterclass and I've invited Michael to come talk about luxury travel in one of my sessions. So we've worked together for a few times on that. And from that, he's invited me several times. In fact, I was actually supposed to speak the year be- the year before during um, when the 2021 came around when it was in Vegas and actually was supposed to attend and actually be a speaker the last time, but I unfortunately was not able to because uh, I was in Thailand at the time on vacation and I was concerned about leaving the country and coming back. Omicron was present and uh, I was afraid that if I left, I would not be able to get reunited with my family back uh, in Thailand at the time. It's a bit of the travel hacker's dilemma when you have another thing going on right. at the same time as a deal or an event. <laughs> But it's like, wait, we do all this to travel, so we can't just sit at home waiting for the next thing, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. Marty Paz, who some folks know, um, uh, stood in for me. And then exactly my worst concern happened. He flew in from Israel to do my session. And as soon as it was done, they announced that they were going to close the country. So he literally had to get back on the plane right away and get home before they closed the borders. (laughs) Yeah, stuck in Las Vegas. Oh, yes, no. Exactly. With a pregnant wife. Yeah. yeah, so we've created some like first world problems here with miles and points. It's been really life changing for me as before I got into the hobby. It was, oh, travel's expensive. Oh, maybe this is a once in a lifetime thing. But for both of us, we've seen that we can transcend time and have multiple lifetimes in one lifetime. You know, Justin, I totally agree. When I first got started, I felt everything you know like getting into business class or doing a first class like that was a once in a lifetime event that i didn't think i would be able to do more than once and i found out just because the way the structure the system is the the, the ability to earn points in the united states it there's no such thing now as a once in a lifetime like it's just a matter of how often do you want to come back if you really like it you can come back that's really changed the way i travel whereas when i was younger i would like try to fly before points of miles, I would try to fly somewhere and try to do everything I possibly can. And then you needed a vacation from the vacation when you got back home because you're so tired. But now I just take it a little bit slower and I'm like, you know what, we can we can go wherever we want to go. We can take our time and just knowing that you can always come back. And how did you find out about the hobby, about miles and points, about all of these shenanigans? So Justin, I actually always wanted to be in travel. In fact, um, Back when I was in college, I graduated. I'm like, I'm going to learn how to be a flight crew. 
So I like took classes from a flight crew. I even applied for a job with Northwest Airline. And then they went on strike after I did my very first interview. I got to the second level, but they went on strike. I went into insurance and I never was able to get back to the aviation side. But I decided I'm going to find a job where I can travel. So I started traveling back in 2009. I traveled for like literally four or five years, earning only points from the airline that I was flying and the hotels I was staying in. Because like a lot of people, when they first get started, you're looking for the least you know, expensive hotel, or you're trying to meet the corporate budget, you end up spreading yourself thin. You know, I was flying between Southwest and Alaska and American. I'm based in Los Angeles, and I never really earned any status with anybody. And so when this whole idea is, here, here's how naive I was. As a business traveler, I would literally walk on the plane. I'm going from Los Angeles to Phoenix. It's an hour-long flight, maybe less than an hour. And I would go through first class, and, I, and I'd look at all those people in first class and go, these people are idiots. <laughs> Who's paying for first class? It's all, I, who knew that these people got upgraded for free? I mean, I didn't know anything about that. So when people think like the, the people who earn, who fly the most, should know the most, they really don't. I will say that. I, I think unless you really understand status and uh, points, and, and I didn't do any of that until finally, here's, here's, my, here's my life-changing moment, Justin. I went, I took my wife to a hotel. Our corporate policy at the time was you can stay at any hotel program you want to stay at as long as it has the word in in the name. <laughs> so it had to be like a residence in, all day in. It had to be an in. And an in only gives you a certain level of, of, of service. It's always like service, like a two or three star hotel. But I was so excited that I had free nights. So I told my wife, I'm going to take you to San Diego. And she's thinking like, oh, we're going to take me to some nice hotel, like the Hotel Coronado, like in, in San Diego. I didn't tell her it was a it was La Quinta Inn. So I take her to La Quinta Inn, and she was not impressed whatsoever. I think after we had the roadside breakfast, you know, it was a free breakfast I was trying to sell her on, she wasn't really into it. She told me that night, that next day, she's like, yeah, if this is your idea of vacation, I'd rather stay home. Uh -huh. Now now we get to level up. You found out that the answer to everything yeah. was more credit cards after transcending lifetimes, and uh, it's full speed ahead years later, right? I, I changed jobs. I learned about points and miles. I, I, remember, I remember my boss, my new boss, who I was working with, he told me, you need to pick an airline, you need to pick a hotel. So this is like after five years, I realized I didn't have status with anyone. I, I spread out all my points, too many programs. And then I, he said, go get a lounge pass. I didn't even know a lounge existed. I went to American because I chose American as the airline. I'm in LAX. I'm kind of non-hub dependent. So I walk into American Airlines and I see... Uh, I told them I'm here to buy a lounge pass. I literally walked into the, the agent. I said, I'm here to buy a lounge pass. And she's like, okay. And then I see this big sign next to it. It says 100,000 points if you get the city AA executive oh. card. And then I looked at her and I said, and I said to her and I said to the agent, I said, wait, so this credit card gets us uh, into the lounge too? And it gives me 100,000 points? And she says, yes. I said, well, why doesn't everyone get the credit card? She says, actually, everyone that walks in here usually has a credit card. <laughs> I said, well, then sign me. So I literally sign up that day for that card. I get the 100,000 points, and I need to now know what to do with those 100,000 points. That's what gets me into points and miles in 2014. What path would you suggest for people considering the hobby, just starting out, just getting their feet in the water? I think one of the first things that they need to understand early on is that it's a marathon and not a sprint. Early on, I was so concerned I wasn't going to, uh, you know, when you read about a lot of things, you realize... Oh, can can I reach? Can I ever stay this number of nights? Can I actually get approved for these credit cards? Oh, is it going to hurt my stat, uh, my credit? And there's so many things that go through your head that that gives you what I call analysis paralysis. You think about too much and you don't do anything. Or then you you go down a path, or you're the other way. You go down a path where you just sign up for a bunch of credit cards and with no strategy in in mind. So I think those are the two biggest mistakes that people make early on is that they don't do anything or they go down a path without any strategy. So I think there's a middle road behind that. And the first thing I think is really important is that they have to decide how do they like to travel. Just because somebody shows business class and first class all the time, you don't need to do that every single flight. And there's ways that you can get there without having to pay a bunch of money to do it. So th that's one of the things. And then the other part of it is understand that having transferable currencies is more important than having an airline program or a hotel specific program. If you're starting early on, 
getting something uh, that comes from the bank credit cards that are hybrids that allow you to book 20 different airlines or three different hotel programs is better than just picking a, a program that's just very uh, airline specific early on. And usually early on, I'm recommending Chase credit cards, some of the simpler cards that don't have huge welcome bonus spend requirements. So maybe something like 4000 or $5,000 spend in the first three months on the personal side, usually. The business side might be a bit more, maybe five to 10000 So I think it's important to pick good cards, look for big overall value, and of course, make sure you're getting the welcome bonus spend in. Yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Getting one of these hybrid flexible point programs, there's many of them uh, from different banks that you can be able to, to choose from now. Yeah, some people are intimidated by the spend goals. Oh, how am I going to spend $4,000, $5,000 in three months? What do you have to say to them? Actually asking about it right around this time of the year in November and in December, I actually think it's one of the greatest times and one of the most popular times that not only I, but I think a lot of people involved in Points to Miles um, get a card right now. For example, if you have property tax coming up, if you have to pay your annual insurance policies, whether it be your auto or your home or some of your health programs, paying for those things, maybe even sometimes in advance uh, for the whole year, that can be able to meet your minimum spend that you're going to spend anyway. And then you're going to walk away with 60, 70, 100,000 points that are worth anywhere between $750 to $1,500. So the way I look at it is if you're going to spend anyway, why not earn enough points so that, that you can fund your next vacation? Right. You're getting a significant rebate and what I think is a low amount of time invested and a very high payoff. Some critics of the hobby say, oh, that sounds like too much effort. Oh, I don't know if that's worth the time. What, what do you have to say to those? Everyone needs to value their time differently. If you are making millions of dollars a year, then absolutely. But if you're going, you know what? I don't know if I want to buy a base economy ticket or a, or a regular economy ticket. If you're actually asking yourself those kind of questions, I, d I definitely think it's worth your time because now you're going, you know what? I want to save $50 or $60. The amount of time it takes for you to decide or think about those type of things, you could have been earning enough points to be able to buy a business class ticket using the points that you just earned from your credit card signup. So I think for the majority of people, it's worth their time. Maybe there's a small section of the community that it's not worth their time, but I think majority of people who would be listening would benefit a lot from earning points and miles. Yeah, I think at a very basic level, it's shifting your spend to a new card rather than using the same old, same old card and maybe getting 2% cash back, but you're just shifting your spend, you're anticipating future bills, you're being strategic. Hopefully, a lot of listeners have some sort of spreadsheet or idea of what they're spending from month to month and to just shift that spend to that new card. So what? It takes just a few minutes to fill out an application. You have people like me and Ben who are giving you suggestions on which cards to get. You're just being slow and deliberate. You're not just signing up for random credit cards because you see offers at random stores. You're getting cards that give you a big return. You know, one of the biggest things I, I'll hear from new people who, who get started in Points Malls is that, oh, I just signed up for home depot credit card or i store or another type of store credit card the challenge with those cards is that number one it, it's it's kind of limited to that store number two you're only getting a one-time bonus ever it's usually like what like 15 percent off or 20 percent off your first purchase so many times if you're spending like two three hundred dollars maybe you're making back 45 dollars on a spend on, on on that new card rather you could have spent on a new travel credit card and got back anywhere between you know, 600, 700 or a thousand dollars. It's a lot more lucrative. The, the bonuses are fantastic, even if it requires an annual fee. You know, that's the other thing. Sometimes people are concerned about annual fees up front. But the way I like to look at it is there's year one and then there's year two. Year one, meaning that in my opinion, in the first year, you get a welcome bonus, like a sign up bonus. It's like if you got a new job and they gave you a, a sign up off, you know, a bonus for, for joining, they, they do the same thing with the credit cards. And so in the first year, it's a win-win, no matter what the, the annual fee is, because usually the, the welcome offer is a lot, it outweighs whatever the annual fee is. And most of the annual fee cards will usually have some kind of credits that offset that annual fee. So if you can be able to use those benefits, you know, expedite security, or maybe a travel credit, um, airline credit, or in lounge access, that usually offsets it. So some even the higher-end cards 
I knew I was nervous about getting my very first one because I didn't think it was uh, it was wise for me to get one. Uh, nowadays, I totally understand how it works, and I don't even think twice about some of the higher end cars. But I can understand early on when you're concerned. But there's a lot of credits that you can get back that makes sense. Yeah, I usually don't recommend the high higher end cards to people just starting. But because America loves math, you can just do the math on these benefits and see that it's very much worth it. Like in December, especially signing up for a card like the American Express Business Platinum card, even with the high annual fee of $695, I believe, you're having the opportunity to triple dip many of the credits. You're getting the 2023 calendar year credits, the 2024 calendar year credits, the 2025 calendar year credits for only paying an annual fee one time. And even if after the second annual fee posts, you typically have, and you certainly have with American Express, 30 days to figure out whether you want to keep the card or not. So if you're going to pick up $600 in airline credits or more, you're going to pick up two, four, six, eight hundred dollars in Dell credits, you're getting various benefits like TSA PreCheck, Global Entry, if you don't already have it, Clear Credits, and so many other benefits that make sense if you're a frequent traveler. And not to mention the sign-up bonus. So I was seeing some sign-up bonus like 150,000 points. So even cashing them out at one cent per point, which I don't necessarily recommend, that's $1,500. So you're putting up 700 bucks basically, and you're getting back an extreme amount in return. There's a lot to be said lately. You've been seeing uh, American Express offer huge, huge... Unbelievable. I remember, Justin, I remember when 50,000 was big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And then 16 and 70, now you see 100 and 150 plus. It's just crazy. Um, so, you know, that's the other thing. Sometimes people say, too, that the points, it costs more now to fly using more points. But at the same time, I also want to tell people, yeah, but the sign-up bonuses are also larger, too. So eventually both are going to rise as well. It's not one or the other. Right. And we're also seeing no lifetime language offers. You're able to get multiple copies of the same card with American Express. I didn't flame out. I started this in 2018. I didn't flame out in just one year, and then I'm out of new cards to sign up for. Some people think, oh, you're going to ruin your credit, but that's obviously false. I've been approved for about 18 credit cards in 2023, and I've been going hard since 2018. So I'm still getting approved. The winds continue. The winds continue, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think as long as you're good at keeping your balances in check and and or none, and then at the same time also uh, paying your payments on time, those are the key factors in, in determining whether you can approve or not. Yeah, and some skeptics, they think, oh, this seems too good to be true. Why are the banks saving out all these high offers? It sounds like fraud, all fraud, all fraud. I think the majority of people who get a card are not getting multiple cards. I think the majority of people out there who are getting a card are getting one card uh, or two cards, and then they're making that their card in their wallet. Um, that's what the banks would like you to do. You know, they would like you to just have one card and, and, and never get a bonus from them again. You know, if you want more bonuses you absolutely can i think that so that's one of the things that we're doing is saying well you know when i talk to the banks too they'll ask me like you already have four or five cards if they were ever asked me why would i want another card is because <laughs> i like the brand i like the card uh you know if i'm getting a co-branded card i'm like i like the hilton card i'd like to get diamond status isn't that what you're asking me to do yep. and i think if here's the thing, as long as you are using the benefits and the perks that are offered each card then it makes sense to get it if it doesn't, then you can decide later on after you get the card and you try it out for a year. It's like the, the way I look at it is this. I'm test driving the card. Uh, I, I want to see if the card makes sense to stay in my wallet or not. You know, like, for example, I got this past year, I got the built card and I'm not a renter. The built card is a card that you can be able to pay your rent with and you pay no fees. So a lot of people originally when they came into it thinking, I am only going to get the card if I rent houses. But I don't I own a house. I'm a mortgage holder. And. But I got the rent. I got the built card anyway, even though it's technically for renters. But the points were valuable, and they were points are easy to earn. And when I when I refer people to it, everybody who's a, who has a card when they refer, they get points from it as well. So I know somebody, Justin, that has one hundred and fifty thousand points just from the referrals every year. Oh, nice. So lots of opportunities using your social networks. And as far as the skeptics out there saying, oh, this sounds too good to be true. I think one reason a lot of this exists is because there are those out there who aren't careful with their spending. They're paying interest. They're going into debt. 
and making poor financial decisions, or maybe they're ending up in a bad spot, losing employment, having health issues. But most listeners, hopefully all listeners, can be very deliberate about their spending, be responsible, pay their balances in full, use the benefits they're paying for, and be on top of their financial life. Yeah, I I would definitely agree that if you are not if you're carrying a balance, if you're not organized yet, um, you probably don't want to start, you know, adding and, and putting a bunch of debt on new cards as well and overextend yourself. So those are the people I usually recommend that they may have to take another chance, uh, make take another look at it once they get that in order first. Yes, our friend Dave Ramsey, of course, he's talking about all credit is bad. Everyone's overspending. Nobody should have a credit card at all. And that would be like me going out there and saying, oh, just because some people abuse alcohol that no one should ever drink and claiming that nobody has control even if they think they have control. There have been callers to his show that said, hey, Dave, I know you're against credit cards, but I embrace the frugal life that you talk about. I followed your plans, and I pay all my balances in full. I don't overspend. And Dave Ramsey calls them deluded. He's making fun of them. It's just really wild. It's That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I've heard some of the things. I think the reality is in America, unlike maybe other countries, but in the U.S., I think it's really important to have a very good credit score because that affects what kind of car you're going to end up getting, what kind of house you're going to get approved for, how much you're going to pay for that, you know, renting a car. All these things require having a good credit profile. And without developing that, I think you're not, you're going to lose out on a lot. Yeah, it's something you can definitely leverage, use as a tool. Many people out there also think, oh, well, I just want my perfect credit score and I'm only going to have one credit card. I'm going to pay everything off really quickly. But I think there's tremendous opportunity cost just using only one card, not signing up for these other programs. And I think even after my applications, when I pay everything off, when I'm ready for a new round of applications, I'm still in the high 700s. And I don't think there's much practical benefit of an 800 plus score versus like 775, 780. There really is not. I, I think as long as you're in the high 700s, even, you know, 720 or higher, I mean, you're good enough that you could be able to get all the things that you need to have uh, done, you know, in terms of applying for things and, and getting approved. That's not usually a problem. I, I will add this. I think it's really important that people understand early on that if they use credit in a right fashion, they can be able, they even have credit cards out there that have 0% APR. And sometimes in the business side, you could be able to, to leverage that to, I know people who've used that to leverage to open a business up, you know, these type of things that they could be able to have like a 12 months to 18 months uh, to, to be able to help them with their business standpoint, you know, which a lot of people don't have that money. That's why a lot of businesses go out of, you hear the the comment, a certain amount of percentage, like 70% of businesses go out of business in the first year. I think the biggest reason is because they don't have enough cash flow. They don't have enough cash. They don't have a business loan. They don't have a business plan. And then they run out of time. And next thing you know, they, they ran out of cash. But if they had business credit, they could be able to leverage and be able to keep a business running a little bit longer. And maybe their business would have taken off. Yes. And I use it for business purposes, especially reselling, reselling on eBay, reselling gift cards. I'm putting this quote unquote extra money, this borrowed money into 5% APY checking and savings accounts. So instead of just paying it back immediately, if they're going to give me $15,000 that I can pay 12 months from now, and as long as I'm being responsible, the spending I'm doing anyway that I would have done on other cards, then I can park that 15K in there in a year and earn that 5% APY. So that's just one method. Or you can open a new bank account and they'll say like you need to park 5K in funds for 90 days and get maybe like a $400 bonus. So there are a lot of fun financial things that you can do with credit that you're not able to do with cash and debit, especially if you're not someone like Dave Ramsey, who is likely a millionaire. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, of of course. He was shouting about um, Inside Edition as they covered him and they were being critical of his past. And he was saying, look, all right, I have this million dollar building and this and that. It's like, all right, well, Dave, not everybody out there is a millionaire. And a lot of, I think, middle class people or people who aren't making more than six figures a year, I think that they have tons to benefit from if they're using credit well. I think there's great responsible uses of it. He's talking to a very particular market because they just doesn't want them to get started again. But I think it's impractical for most people to like not to ignore their credit 
their credit profile. Yeah. And unfortunately, I understand that there are people who call in and they can't handle credit. So I'll say and be honest and say, if you can't handle credit, don't play the game. But he's saying that nobody should have credit. And then he's getting very basic things about credit wrong, saying that you need to go into debt to have a high FICO score and you're just making the banks rich. A lot of misrepresentation saying it's it's almost impossible to use airline miles and that you can't book the flights you want to take. So what, what are some flights that you've taken, some trips that you probably wouldn't have or trips that you have coming up? I When I first got started and when I think when you are first starting off, your strategy should be think about the flight that you're trying to take or the plan, the the trip you're trying to take, and then go and get the points program that makes sense. Here's one of the challenges I've had with some of my students when who've taken my master class. I had a gentleman who actually did not have a plan uh, for the points that he needed. He wanted to plan a trip with his wife and his father and mother-in-law. And so he required two rooms everywhere he went. They were going to go to Italy. And one of the places he wanted to stay at was a Greedy Palace. And the Greedy Palace is a Marriott luxury collection. It's a fantastic property. The room rates are like $1,400 a night. But the points rates in Marriott Bonvoy points is 100,000 points a night. He needed two rooms. So that's 200,000. And he was going to need three nights, which is 600,000. He did not know that particular part. What he did know was that American Express transfers to Marriott Bonvoy points and not realizing that it was going to take that many points because not all points were created equal. A Bonvoy point is worth a lot less than what a um, Marriott Bonvoy point is a lot less than American American Express membership rewards point. In fact, he would probably lose 60% of his value or 70% of his value if he were to transfer that way. He didn't realize that. And what happened was he didn't have any Marriott points. So he was he only had, he had accumulated a million points but he literally was going to end up spending 60% of those at one hotel for three nights on his whole two-week vacation. And he had to go back now and decided to go get some Marriott points. So that's a mistake that people make at times, which is they don't realize what kind of points they need for the trip they're trying to take. And he wanted to stay at that hotel alone, didn't want to stay anywhere else, and he didn't really ever look into what the redemption cost is. So that's, first of all, Something I think it's really important when someone's starting off is figure out where you want to go and how you want to use it. So I decided, since I was an American airline, I decided I was going to be American Airlines uh, elite and just fly American all the time. I used my points initially. My very first redemption, I booked uh, myself, my wife, and my daughter in business class by booking an upgrade. So I ended up booking an economy ticket and then using points to upgrade in the business. I remember asking my mom, who was going to be flying with us, who had never flown business before, I said, do you want to come with us? We're going to fly business. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. Lo and behold, I knew she wasn't going to, I said, I can't sit up in the front and not have my mom sit up front with us. So I booked it for her as well. So I booked <laughs> it for her. Well, I didn't tell her. We got into the plane. And when we got on the plane, I think she had like 10A. And then she saw our seats. And she's like, ooh, that's nice. She goes, maybe we can, maybe I can get seats like that too. And I said, well, look at your, your ticket. And then she realized that she had 10A. And she was up in the front. She was so excited. I don't. I think she was kind of in shock. She didn't realize what was happening at that point. I was like, "Yeah, this is your seat, mom." It was one of the best things I ever had a chance to do. Was that was that one time? And I've never been able to replicate it. Like I put her on Jal first or Jal Business Cafe first. And, but that one time, that first time on American Business was like the best thing because I was there and I got to see her expression. The best thing ever. You could be able to do things like that. You know, I I. I think those are one of the greatest things that you can do is not just for you, but you can also do for the people that you love and you care for as well. And a lot of people also have what are called player two situations where they manage accounts for family members, significant others, friends, or they'll heavily guide them along the path. So you can refer each other, you can duplicate some cards, combine rewards like free night certificates, you can swap free nights, things like that. There, there's so much potential to make travel for others better and not just yourself. Oh, yeah. I end up managing all our points for myself and my wife. So yes, we, we do do the player one, player two. In fact, my older daughter, she's over 18 now. I added her as an authorized user early on. So she ended up when she was still like 13. So by the time she turned 18, she already had somewhat of a credit history and she had a pretty decent score so she was able to get cards pretty well now last year she was able to get the venture x she's 24 she was able to get a venture x which is like a capital one visa infinite card with no problem with a pretty good uh, spend limit and credit limit so 
I think those are things too that you can be able to help help your kids is, is get them started with that so they can be able to be pretty solid early on with their credit as well. And another nice thing about family members who are younger is that they can also have relationships with banks with checking accounts. So if they have a checking account relationship, maybe a student checking account, or they're maybe even added to your account, that they're more likely to get credit cards in the future. So maybe they won't get approved for that Chase Sapphire Reserve at 18 years old, but maybe they can get something like a Chase Freedom Flex or a World of Hyatt card or something else that's one of the more starter cards with Chase after they've been an authorized user, after they have the checking account. Those banking relationships can really help. You know, they didn't have this back when I applied for my daughter. Actually, I tried to apply for originally a Chase Sapphire Preferred for her, and she didn't get approved, even though she had like a 720 score. But then I applied for the Freedom. She couldn't get that. It's funny. I ended up getting her a Southwest card, a Southwest, a co-branding card, get her in. But I got it in the ecosystem, and then we were able to come back later on uh, and get later on a Chase Sapphire Preferred for her, and eventually she was able to get other cards as well. But sometimes you just got to get your foot in the door. But now they actually have a, a card for college kids. Like they actually have like a, first of all, they have like a Chase college checking account first of all so they have those like yep. a, another card now that's kind of geared toward toward kids so i, I think it's nice that they are kind of yeah the freedom rise the, i believe the rise card that's correct that's one so it's nice to see that there's a focus on on trying to get them started early with the relationships great and you had some big trips or have some big trips coming one of the things now after you kind of do your first redemption get that out of the way then you're kind of going you know so my philosophy nowadays is just like i let the because there's three things when you're when you're booking a trip, you have to be flexible at least one of these three things. You got to be flexible with your the time frame. You could be flexible with the destination that you want to go to, or you could also be flexible with your price. You know, you just know that if you have a fixed date and a fixed location, your price is probably going to get locked in a certain price. You may end up having to pay more if it unless it happens to be that the location and the time. But it's really difficult for that. So what I try to do to give myself as many options as possible is to try to be flexible with the time or be flexible with the destination. Sometimes I'm not able to be flexible with the time just because my daughter's in school. So I try to be flexible with the destination in, in those cases, meaning that I may have 10 or 15 different places we could go. I'm, I'm okay with it. I just got to look at the season. And if the deal's there, then I'll take on the deal. And so one of the best deals I ever got was back on New Year's Eve, December 31st, I believe of 2017, going into 18. Basically, what happened that year was that I, uh, that day, the, there was a glitch in the system. And a business class flight on Cafe Pacific was $600 round trip. And a first class trip was like $1,000. It was like from Canada to uh, Vietnam or Vietnam to Canada and back round trip in first class thousand dollars. Normally, that ticket is thirteen thousand dollars. The only mistake that I regret I had was I didn't book more of those because if I had booked more of those, I'd probably been able to do a lot more. But here's what I got out of it: not only did I get a first class experience uh, on there, the champagne, the the pajamas, everything, but we were able also get uh, access to lounge uh, in both places. Also, we're able to earn. It was a cash revenue ticket, so they counted the number of miles as if it was normally $13,000 spent, not 1000 spent. So I was able to earn like 60,000 Alaska miles on the round trip, which is almost enough for another round trip, which was another, it was good enough for another first class trip to Asia, which is fantastic. So it was like, it was just kept paying for itself, such a fantastic way. And it also helped to earn status as well. Very nice. After you've gotten all of these cards, maybe you've had to wait in between. Sign-up bonuses wait in between getting new cards. So have you gotten into any advanced methods to ramp up spend without going out and buying like designer clothes or, or Gucci bags? Like I, I think it went quite mainstream years ago before I got into the hobby that people were buying dollar coins with credit. And they were having the dollar coins shipped to them, and they would just go to the bank and deposit the coins. So it's like, oh, well, I bought $3,000 in coins. I deposited them right into my checking account, and this was spend. I was still getting the rewards. I was still getting the points. And at the time, people were having a lot of success with that. And even going to 2023, people look for a lot of advanced spending methods. I, you know, I don't do too much of that as much as I maybe have done in the past. 
But there was a time where we used to buy uh, electronics and be able to purchase it and then send it to certain retailers. We've done that before. We've also resold some of our um, gift cards that we've done. So we've done that type of business before. I just don't do too much of that nowadays, but th I've done enough where I said, okay, but you know, you have to decide which ones you're going to do that, you know, that you feel like is lucrative, that you can be able to do more of kind of scale that particular part. Yes. I'm still very much a fan of gift card reselling, especially the online deals where I can just click some buttons online, see rates, see offers that buyers are putting out there, submitting the cards, getting paid, also getting some bank account bonuses, new checking account bonuses in the process. So it's, it's been really nice for me. And sometimes the in-store deals are really good. Like one of the best deals I think that I ever saw was a grocery chain near me that was selling sports betting gift cards and giving 5% back in groceries. So these sports betting gift cards can also be used in casino games. And this was one of my presentations at Zorkfest using prepaid cards, debit cards, gaming cards, all these different tools to fund casino sites, play through the funds and sports betting and blackjack and only give up about a half percent or in some cases with the sports betting actually have an advantage with bonuses and promotions. So this has been a fun way for me to accelerate spend without quote unquote, really spending. So trying to put credit together and mix it into other parts of your lifestyle or pick up some new skills or hobbies. I think there's so much potential for this. There is. Those are great ones. The one that you came to share with our, our group is very, very good. I will add this, and I think it's something that a lot of people can do, but they haven't done it because they didn't think they didn't know about it or they didn't just do it or they thought it was difficult, is actually I earn points every year still via referral bonuses. And I'm not talking about any affiliate links, but these are things that if you have any of the, the Chase cards or you have any of the American Express cards, they offer these referral bonuses to everyone who has a card and says, look, if you tell somebody else and they sign up for it, some of these referral bonuses are like 15,000, some are 20. I mean, there's one on the business side of, the, of Chase that's like literally 40,000 points. So if somebody, and you could do that like five different friends that get it, that's 200,000 points in your account. And that's something that is just you nice. sharing what you're doing with someone else. And here's the way I do it. I have two brothers and I said to them, I said, well, if you want to travel like me or like us and you want to come with us, then you should go sign up for these cards. And I would send them my link and they would sign up. I think it's something that is something easy that somebody's brand new who wants to earn points and they can be able to share because now we can all go together. The worst thing is that when you want to take them to a Hyatt hotel and Hyatt may be charging like, you know, five, $600 a night and you don't feel right about everyone spending that amount of money. I said, you know, if you want to travel with us, I, re I suggest you use points because I hate for you to use your cash for that. And that's one of the best uses of using those Chase uh, Ultimate Rewards points. Yes, it's like the old infomercials that I would watch when I was younger, and they probably still exist today, where you have like a person using a pasta strainer, and it's all like black and white, but then we have this like new product that's color, and everybody's happy. So it's like, well, you can use points to travel, or you could just pay full price in these inflated prices in many cases. So I'd rather put in the small effort and use points and miles travel well rather than paying these cash rates or just sitting at home and then complaining about the system sucks or oh travel's dumb and like some people do that or you know what if you don't want to travel much you can cash out points in some circumstances or you can get cash back cards like there's still lots of opportunity and lots of different ways to play the oh, game. oh yeah absolutely absolutely i think it's one of the best ways is to get your family involved i mean my my family was one was hotel agnostic and was using Airbnbs. And the other one was staying at timeshare properties and just random hotels all the time. And now, nowadays, they, um, he does, I do guests of honor bookings for him. And uh, sometimes he transfers me some points and I, and I book a guest of honor home and he loves it. It's fantastic. And I've also found a lot of fun through the hobby. I mentioned the grocery promotions. It's been really cool to just have like $2,000 in grocery rewards and just be able to get whatever I want and not worry about it. I had a first world problem of grocery rewards at one point where like, oh, all these points are going to be expiring. So then I raided the pharmacy and bathroom section, went out with printer paper, office supplies. I still have a great amount of Q-tips in my bathroom pantry area. <laughs> it's, it's great. These things are going to last for a while. It's like the extreme couponers are like, oh, look, I got this and that free. We are often restricted. But with these grocery promotions, it's hilarious to do a raid when they have a really big promotion and you know take some people out and say hey let's go for sushi at giant and they have this uh fresh sushi that they make they have the chefs there in the afternoon 
And uh, they also have a full-scale Chinese restaurant at the Giant in Willow Grove. It's a Taipei Chinese restaurant, also known as In Giant. The big letters on the menu say In Giant. So it seems like that's the name of the restaurant. But they'll make everything fresh for you, and it's it's high-quality food. So I've, I've really been enjoying it. I wish I was closer to you, Justin. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've also started a community of my own, the uh, Greater Philadelphia Travel Credit Miles and Points Group. We had about 15 people yesterday for the November meetup in Willow Grove, PA. So it's been nice to build community, to share data points with others, to encourage others to succeed, to learn from others. And that's something that you've done online and I think in person as well as you've had some in-person meetups too. Yeah, we did. So I I used to teach insurance for like 15 years. And when the pandemic hit, I decided to kind of focus more on teaching more points of miles. And so I've done that online on Zoom. But like one of my dreams and my goals is to actually teach what I do in person. I get a chance to do some of that when I do these conferences like at Zorkfest and Travel More. And uh, when I was in um, every city now that I go speak at, I try to turn that into a meetup. So we had a meetup in Nashville. We had one in Los Angeles. We had one in New York. And then, uh, and as well, we had also one when we were in Asheville at the Travel More conference. So I try to reach out to our community and and people who've been following and, and you have a chance to, to break bread with them and have, you know, a glass of wine or been able to chat with them in person. It's such a big difference being able to see the the people in, in real life. Yeah, and things don't always go well in the hobby. Like when we went to Tahoe, we had a group of about 10 people and we wanted to split checks because we had different offers and comps or just uh, make it easier rather than collecting cash. And the server was like, oh, I don't think we can combine tables. I don't think we can do this. Or sometimes with um, credit cards, you might your application might go to pending and you have to call in and say, Oh, okay. I'm I'm just looking at expanding my business. I'm looking at using this travel loyalty program. So there there's some like not preferred things. Like I don't look forward to calling a bank and saying like, hey, I got put to pending on this card or declined. So can you reconsider? So there are a little bit of challenges along the way. I think at first maybe people will get insta approved for a lot of cards, but over time that could get a little bit more difficult depending on the issuer. But I try to multitask. I'll make some of these calls while driving, prepping lunch. There's some effort, but I don't think any big thing really comes free. It's not just like travel or money is going to fall out of the sky. There's going to be a little bit of effort, a little bit of patience that we need. Past podcast guest Mandy really liked the acronym Hookah, hang up, call again. Sometimes you just get a representative who isn't playing ball and uh, you just have to try again another time. So perseverance pays off in the hobby. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you said that, it, it, it triggered me thinking about some of the, the best things I've, I've done with hotel pieces and one of the best hotel deals I ever got was when I was going to go, I was heading to Paris and I hadn't been there and there's a Hyatt Regency Atoll. It's one of the tallest buildings in Paris. In fact, they, I think they banned new buildings that are that tall now. They, they don't want to be No, they're serious. Like the Parisians think that the building that Atoll's in is like a eyesore because they only want to see the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> That's why the Eiffel Tower is easy to see. There's nothing else tall like it. In the whole building, except for the high Regency Hotel. Normally, it's an upgrade. Like, if you book a room, a free room, or even any kind of base room, usually they offer you an upgrade into a, into a club room or a suite. Well, the club room offer is you could pay extra 3,000 points and usually, like, you know, some taxes or something like that, or some points in cash. Well, apparently, there was a little glitch and they didn't add the room rate. It was literally just the upgrade was the actual room cost. So for 3,000 points and $6, <laughs> I was able to get a club lounge room. Now, I already had status, but if I didn't have status, nice. that meant a regular member could have booked a room that got them club lounge access, which is breakfast and then dinner late late evening, and be able to book a room for $6 and 3,000 points, which is unbelievable. That was one of the best. And I was able to book two of them. I brought my in-laws with me and we stayed there for like three, four nights. And one of the good things I love about Hyatt uh, hotels is that they usually do honor their mistakes. They could easily, like some of the other brands, uh, decided they were not going to honor it, but they did honor it. And so many, many times uh, they've been fantastic opportunities sometimes exist when those things happen. Very good. Sometimes some happy discoveries, happy accidents or 
something might go a little bit wrong and they'll give you more as a courtesy. I, I went to Las Vegas during the MGM hack times. The system was down. I couldn't get reimbursed for an airline credit, but I went back in a future month and a little bit of social engineering, a little bit of, oh, due to the inconvenience in the past, would you be able to give me the full $600 rebate in free play rather than 485 or so that was going to be reimbursed from the flight? And they went ahead and did that. So I think speaking up, asking for more in some cases where it's appropriate, like not just yelling at people and demanding so much, right? I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to get more through this that you're certainly not going to get just using debit cards, cash, and using like Expedia or some other um, online travel agencies or portals that typically aren't going to get you these nice things. Yeah, I mean, that you, you bring up the whole idea of debit card. It made me think of a couple of things. One is that just in 2007, 2006, and even before, I remember very well when we were transitioning from cash into a credit card society or debit card plastic society. At the time, there was a 35 cent fee to swipe a debit card. And we were fine with that because a lot of times we didn't have cash with us. Debit card made it a very nice convenience without having to carry cash. At the time, banks were actually giving us free checking counts because those 35 cent swipe fees would pay for these free checking counts. And so they offered us free checking. And so everybody around 2005, six, seven, we were all had free checking accounts everywhere was offering like, like crazy. And then the number two was that we were actually earning points from debit card transactions. So it was like, we had a, it was like a double good thing. We had not only a free checking account, but we were also getting points every time we made a debit transaction. I remember very well city thank you points when they got introduced right around that time. It was $2 spend, we get one point. Although not the highest earning, but keep in mind, it was a debit card. It was fantastic. Then then uh, Senator Durbin brought into play this idea that we should get rid of 35 cents. When they got rid of this 35 cent fee, which people thought was uh, was egregious at the time, what happened after that, the banks decided it wasn't profitable now to offer us free checking accounts. So those things all disappeared and then fees came back. And then all the rewards that we were getting were no more. <laughs> we weren't going to get any more rewards. So they all moved their credit cards. The reason I bring this up is that there's a bill right now brought back by that same senator who killed all the debit fee cards. He wants to reduce also or give big box retailers and merchants the option to choose the processor they want, which means that they may choose a processor that's not Visa or MasterCard or something that may not that may not charge them the same fee. So they would help them lower their fees. The concern is that if they do that, that the banks will say, well, credit card rewards are not as profitable. Maybe we won't give as big a reward to be used to in the past. It's called the Credit Card Competition Act. And it's being brought up right now. It's still alive. It's still not dead. It looks like the, the center still wants to push for it. But it, it could put our points at risk. So we're asking a lot of people to take a look and reach out to the senator, fill out a petition. It's called the uh, hands off my rewards petition. So something that everyone should be thinking about uh, as if we want to protect our rewards. All right. And if you're listening in November of 2023, you can certainly look that up and find that information online. Do, do you have a link to that on any of your platforms, your site, or how, how can people find you online? I do. I, I do have a link to that as well. But you can go look up handsoffmyrewards.com and then you could be able to uh, also fill it out there. But All right. And people can find you on social media if you could spell your name on your personal page and then you have the Ben's Big Deal sites. All my social accounts are under Ben's Big Deals. So it's B-E-N-S- B-I-G-D-E-A-L-S, bensbigdeal.com. And you can find me on, on Instagram at Ben's Big Deal. And then you can also find me on, on uh, Facebook as well as Instagram and TikTok on the same Ben's Big Deal. But if you go look up uh, Credit Card Competition Act and you go to handsoffmyrewards.com, you can be able to fill out that petition. All right, very good. Any new credit cards coming for you in 2023 or some early in 2024? You know, one that's really interesting to me it's kind of farther in because i have most of the cards already but one that is of interest to me that i don't have right now is aeroplan chase aeroplan card is something of interest because aeroplan is really run by people who run who love points and miles that not only does air canada's aeroplan program be a part of the star alliance which is united's alliance of, of airlines so you can use your airplane miles to fly on singapore airline lufthansa united any of the star alliance carriers but more importantly than that 
is that they also have a lot of non-alliance partners. There's almost as many non-alliance partners as they have alliance partners. In fact, I think they're up to like close to 49 or 50 partners in total, which makes it one of the airlines that has the most number of partners in any other airline. Why is that important is that you can use their airplane points for a lot of different airlines, including Emirates, if you wanted to. What may also makes it interesting is that their credit card, and the reason why I want to get their credit card, is that their credit card actually gives you a bump in status. So if you have no status, you've never stepped foot, you would have uh, their entry-level tier called 25K. But let's say you had 25K or you had 50, they would bump you up one more level. So if you were 50K, they would bump you up to 75 once you got the credit card. So it's a really interesting play there. It also comes with some of these like upgrade certificates if you spend a certain dollar amount. They even have their top loyalty program. They're, they're like, if you earn like a million points, uh, you can actually get status. You could also get uh, upgrades on other airlines within Star Alliance. So a really interesting program uh, with Aeroplan. So that, that program is something of interest for me. Any other issuers besides Chase? Oh, one more. It's interesting. This is kind of a new develop, but while I was at Nashville uh, with HardCon, Wells Fargo was one of the sponsors, and they were talking to us about their revamp of the new autograph card. So one of my favorite cards out there is a built card, B-I-L-T, which is a, the card that you could be able to pay without paying a fee for rent. They are actually issued by Wells Fargo, but Wells Fargo itself doesn't have their own rewards program. They kind of have a cashback portal. By December, mid-December, we're going to hear very, very well, very soon. Wells Fargo is going to get into the transferable points program game. We know nothing about what airline partners hotel partners. We don't know if it's going to be a one-to-one transfer yet. We don't really have much information on that. But the fact that Wells Fargo wants to get into points and miles and have a transferable points program is very exciting because it's always good to have competition than not. So having another points program that we could be able to rely on or look at uh, is going to be great for our hobby. All right. So the crystal ball for 20. 20- 24. And I think with all this, some people might seem overwhelmed. Oh, how am I going to stay organized with this? How am I going to keep up? What do I do? I like to keep organized. I keep spreadsheets. I use Evernote. And I have some apps that help me stay organized rather than having to do an archaeological dig at a later time to figure out, oh, when did I sign up for this? Or when did I close this or that account? What do you do to stay organized? Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Now, there is a couple new apps in the market now. You'll hear like card pointers. A lot of people talk about or max reward. They are very, very good user interface some of the new ones but one one that i really like that's been around for a long time it's like a goodie oldie but goodie but they really focus on great technology is a company called award wallet award wallet will allow you to enter in all your programs and if you want to keep it updated with all your balances you can even store your logins and they will actually update all your account balances and things like that. In addition, you can also even use it for expiration. So if you have points that are going to expire, which sometimes it does, they allow you not only to get notified for your own points, but you can also, if you're managing your spouse, your children, your in-laws, uh, they, they, like their personal account goes all the way up to like 99 accounts you can have in there. So it's a fantastic tool if you want to you know, automate that piece of it, it can do that. But it also does other things, which a lot of people don't realize. Like I use TripIt Pro all the time to get notified where my gate is. If a flight gets delayed, they usually notify me. But it's the same thing as Award Wallet. Award Wallet has the same service and it's included for free. So if you're using TripIt Pro, you kind of don't have to. You could use Award Wallet and you'll tell you flight delays, which credit card to use when there's a merchant, if you want to know which merchant card and how much it's going to pay in terms of points. It has a fantastic lookup. They have fantastic tech. So I I love what they do. That's one of the ways I help to stay organized. All right. Very good. And you could learn more about Award Wallet on a previous episode I had with Joseph Petrovic. He's with Award Travel 101, which is affiliated with Award Wallet. And Award Wallet is definitely something that I use too. All right. Any closing thoughts? Uh, Quick conversation here. Time flies. Yeah, it is. I want to let everybody know, you know, one of the biggest challenges that you have when you get first get started is that I feel like points and miles can be a puzzle for many people. And so one of the biggest challenges you have is that when you come in and you're over overwhelmed with where do I start you know there's there's airlines that's another that's one in itself just learning about airlines and hotels and credit cards so I put together a master class one specifically for credit card to airlines to get started so you understand what are alliances how they work uh, how to earn elite status is it worth it for you what are the easiest ones to do without having to get on a plane and then at the same time at the final day of my four-day class 
We also cover points versus cash and then how to determine when is it best to use which one and then how to get VIP access so that you can be able to expect to security and then get into the lounge. Because one of the most challenging parts of travel is delays. One of the most challenging parts of travel is waiting in long lines all the time, multiple lines. And so being able to alleviate some of that stress for yourself and for your family is, I think, vital to your sanity when you're traveling. And you may actually enjoy it once you get some of these perks. So I cover that in my masterclass. And then we do that once a month. Uh, and I offset that with the other month where I will do a hotel masterclass. And that one is, I call my Hotel Secrets Masterclass. And that one, I cover uh, all the brands between Hyatt, Hilton, ISG, and Marriott. And then we also cover how to earn the right points for your type of stay. And then why four-star, five-star are probably less expensive than a three-star when you, when you add it all up. And then lastly, how do they will get upgraded before you, you get there? And then what happens when things go wrong? These are all things that happen as a business traveler. I've been traveling for over 10 years and stayed at thousands of hotels. These are some of the tips I've learned over time that help you become a better traveler and better hotel stay and get the right kind of service that you want. And so I run that once a month as well. And so if right now, if you are looking to kind of get started and kind of fill in all the pieces and the glue, I have that. And then I also have a monthly, weekly mentorship where I bring in some of the top speakers, giving some of the best tips on how to be able to travel better. Thanks for having me as a top speaker. I, I was happy to chat with your group yeah. that you had through uh, Clubhouse that we were on a Zoom call for. Yes. So once a, once a month, I have a guest speaker. You did a fantastic job uh, of sharing some of the ways that you're able to kind of make the most out of that, uh, your experience, you know, with, uh, with Points and Miles and with Casino Gaming. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, the war on happiness uh, deprives you in California, but for people in gambling friendly or online gambling friendly states, there's a lot of opportunity. But hey, if you come and visit Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Michigan, these other states that allow it, you can still take advantage at least for a short amount of time. And uh, maybe one day you'll have a phone army going and playing the My Vegas games as well if you haven't already started. <laughs> anyone can play the my vegas games and then uh save when you're coming to Zorkfest. get some free hotel nights at bellagio mandalay bay some other mgm properties and uh it'll all work out so no excuses listeners Zorkfest 2024 <laughs> absolutely everyone can find their niche there's a way to to earn points i mean i you know, sometimes if you are organically spending as a business already, you know, putting on the right card, that makes a difference. You know, maybe switching out the card every three months or six months, that can maybe earn you a lot more. But, you know, there's all ways that you can do it. You know, some people resell things. Some people uh, have a business. Some people figure out, you know, maybe they can manage uh, all their expenses through their credit cards as opposed to doing their debit cards. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much spend they actually have but once they put it on their cards, they realize, wow, I can I can do it. Yeah, lots of different ways to win. Uh, I think I'm going to find myself on a world tour this coming Friday if things work out, going to different Dollar Generals, giant grocery stores as Dollar Generals looking at having a 15% off Lowe's gift card deal. So that's looking to be a huge winner. So 15% off Lowe's gift cards, reselling these around maybe 88% or better getting in some credit card spend in the process and uh, giant is going to be bonusing vanilla visa gift cards and giving some grocery points as a rebate so there there looks to be a lot of potential coming into the holiday season more credit card spending more credit cards more deals always more deals it's a lively hobby absolutely well are you flying to like texas for this no no i'm just going to be driving in my local area so even be even even better just uh take taking my car not having to get a rental. I haven't yet flown to another state to do a deal. Uh, but maybe if the deal's good enough, I can do that in the future. Who knows? Maybe bring a friend. <laughs> I had a buddy of mine who literally flew down from Virginia to Texas to go HEB and buy a bunch of like <laughs> gift cards and, and come back to resell. It's amazing. Oh, there was a Best Buy craze a few years ago where Best Buy gift cards are reselling at like 99% face value. So it might have been around those Best Buy times if you're getting something like uh, 50 or $100 off the purchase or maybe getting some kind of rewards to stack into other programs. I'm not really sure. But yeah, we missed the 99% Best best Buy days, that's for sure. But hopefully we'll find some really good deals coming up in 2024 or later this year. Yes, yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks for chatting today.
Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. And again, if you could share your social media, your website, other information where people can find you. Yes. So you folks can find me at my website, bendsbigdeal.com. And you can also find me on all social platforms under Ben's, B-E-N-S-B-I-G-D-E-A-L, Ben's Big Deal, Instagram, on Facebook, as well as on TikTok. All right. So after this, listeners, if you're still listening and you haven't yet started with the hobby, hopefully you'll get in the game, as uh, my friend Jack Gibson likes hearing me say. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. Visit hurdygurdytravel.com to contact me, find me on social media, read select episode transcripts, and schedule a free consultation. Support the show through Subscribestar, referral links, and buying from my eBay store. Find the show on many podcast platforms and YouTube where you can find bonus videos. Supporting me on Subscribestar will give you special perks, including a custom podcast episode, questions answered by upcoming guests, and monthly private one-on-one conversations, delving into more advanced topics I don't openly discuss at length in podcast episodes. Visit meetup.com slash Philly miles and points to learn about monthly greater Philadelphia travel credit miles and points meetups I host in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. I hope to see you in person at a future event. Find a link in the show notes. Listen to my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions Podcast found at stoicsolutionspodcast.com. My podcast guests and I offer practical wisdom for everyday life inspired by the ancient tradition of Stoic philosophy from Greece and Rome. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.